Jamie Nye with you here in the Green Zone on this Monday. Well, halfway through the uh, 49ers-Lions NFC Championship game, the memes were already being edited. The photo editors were out there putting Super Bowl logo, and then on one side you had Eminem and the Detroit Lions. On the other side, Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, well, um, it didn't turn out well for the rest of the game for the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. Instead, um, I don't know if they're going to reimagine it for, like, uh, who's the big San Francisco act? Oh, Metallica. Right, they're the uh, Bay Area crew. They did season tickets uh, for the San Jose Sharks, so and I think the 49ers. So got a Metallica versus uh, Taylor Swift, or Journey, apparently. Uh, and Taylor Swift uh, for the Super Bowl as the Lions blew it. Belton Johnson joining us as a recap to the NFC and AFC championship game. Belton. Hey, Jamie, how's it going? I want to know what Belton Johnson is thinking watching the game when the Lions could have kicked to make it a 17-point game and then they could have kicked to tie the game in both occasions, went for it on fourth down and didn't execute well what were you thinking in that moment belton at that moment i was thinking jamie how i love kickers to be honest with you <laughs> like i love kickers and <laughs> you know what i mean jamie it was this that's the only thing i was thinking like he's got to kick the field goal here he's got to do it but in the back of my head jamie i was sitting here i was sitting there thinking uh you know this is this is what got the Detroit Lions to the championship game. You know, it was Dan Campbell gambling and going for it on fourth downs throughout the entire season. I bet if you looked and see who which team had the most, uh, you know, to go for it on fourth down, I would bet you a hundred dollars it would have been the Detroit Lions. And you know what? During the season, they you know it went their way a lot of the times, right? But in the biggest game to get you to the Super Bowl, I, got, I think I got to take the points, man. And yes, I know for those texting in, kicking isn't a hundred percent game that it was automatic. The kicker would make what if he makes one or two? And Michael Badgley, since he arrived in Detroit, has made thirty-one of thirty-three kicks, point afters, and field goals. His only two misses were actually point afters, so that's like ninety-four uh, yeah. percent, percentage or ninety-two percent. That's, I'd take that, uh, especially from 46 and 48 yards in the National Football League. Those kickers can make those pretty easily. And and I don't know if you know, Jamie, Bagley, he came from the charge. I think they used to call him money bags. That's how automatic he was. See, I know something about kickers, Jamie, a little bit. Yeah, you know, you know Justin Medlock's a good dude, too, uh, and Brett Lother. There you go. Uh, uh, so... The Lions blow it, but how much was it on Dan Campbell? But also, Josh Reynolds got to catch the ball. Jameer Gibbs can't fumble. Like, there's a lot of player blame to go there, too, in Detroit. It absolutely it is, Jamie, because I thought that was a catchable ball, to be honest with you. It was right there to Reynolds. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he had to make a, a bit of an adjustment, but it wasn't much. And he dropped because now you think if he catches that ball, Jamie, <laughs> We're talking totally different, I think, today. And, again, with Gibbs fumbling, you know, 
we're, this is a whole nother conversation, but I still think you got to give credit to the 49ers, right? They were down by how many points? 17, 20, I believe. 24-7 yep. at half. Yep. So, for and they could have, you know, I don't know if you thought the way I thought, but I thought the game was over at, at halftime because the Detroit Lions had so much momentum. I'm saying, like, man, this, I could go ahead and turn this off. It's a wrap. But I couldn't, Jamie, because the 49ers, they, whatever speech was given at halftime, they came up like a bunch of angry bees and everything, and they were able to turn things around. Almost reminded me of, who was it, the Patriots and the Falcons, except this wasn't the Super Bowl, right? It's the championship game. Belton Johnson with us, breaking down the NFL Conference Championship weekend. As let's talk about Brock Purdy and what he did as the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of the talk has been, oh, the 49ers can't play, play from behind. Well, they were down last week to Green Bay. Now they're down this past week to the Detroit Lions. I guess you can rip up that narrative, Belton. Absolutely you can, because who led, who led the charge back? <laughs> it was Brock Purdy. He had, he had some pretty nice passes there. And again, look, you got, I look at the weapons he's got around him as well. You know, Ayuk had a, a pretty solid catch. And, you know, you got, uh, Kittles, you got McCaffrey, uh, you got Debo, man. You got a, a ton of characters around him. And, you know, if he's a game manager, well, guess what? I don't know what his record is over the years, but he's one heck of a game manager I'd like to have on my team. Yeah. But here's my thing. I was talking to Drew in a commercial break about this too. Aren't all quarterbacks, aren't, isn't it their job to manage the game? Like, aren't they all game managers, really? Are they? I don't, I think Patrick Mahomes can win you something, Jamie. He, he ain't no manager. He's going to go take it and everything. But I do see what you're saying. You know, they got to take care of the ball and everything. You know, no turnovers and all that. And, you know, got to be caught in this, uh, the clock and everything going on around them. But, you know, I, Brock Purdy, he's done a heck of a job. And I don't know. He's got a good thing. He's got a good defense. He's got good players around him as well. Okay, let's uh, slide over to the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. How surprised were you that the Ravens were only able to put up 10 points against the Chiefs? I was teed off that game, Jamie. Because I- Why? Why? Because the Ravens, they've been the best team all year. They, the deep, the way they play defense and everything, the offense. And it looked like this was the worst game that they had this season. You got receivers like Zay Flowers, you know, the taunting penalty. That, that was huge, man. And then, you know, I got to give credit to Sneed for the Chiefs, the defensive back who punched the ball out of uh, Zay Flowers' hand as he was trying to score a touchdown. It just seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong. And for the even with the Chiefs, it seemed like there was a lot of breaks that the Ravens could have had, but they could never capitalize on anything. Is this a, how big of a blemish? I'll just ask, how big of a blemish is it on Lamar Jackson again? That he, he, he only can put up 10 points in an, in an AFC champ. He's going to be the MVP. He had a great season, but... Yeah. Uh, the detractors are going to be out there again saying he won't be able to get a team over the hump. And, and I think it's a big blemish, right? Because the guy who I'm going to compare him to, 
Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know, look at a guy like Mahomes and look how well, you know, they started off pretty, you know, not so good during the regular season, right? You know, kind of sputtered around a bit with the offense and things. Get into the playoffs. They, I think they were underdogs, for, you know, every series almost, I believe, or maybe not against the Dolphins there or anything, but, you know, they were the underdogs against the Ravens here. And Mahomes comes out, you know what? Screw y'all. Uh, who's the kicker? Justin Tucker in there kicking lanes and everything, or, you know, in a way. And he comes out, lights things up. I was hoping that Lamar Jackson did the same thing, Jamie. Like, you know, he likes to run sometimes. It seemed like that the Chiefs, they knew what was going to happen. They didn't even have to spy him really or anything. And it just, I don't know. I think the moment, I hate to say it, but I felt like it was too big for Lamar Jackson. Whereas with Mahomes, he's been there, he's done it. They were the more relaxed team coming in, Jamie. And and no surprise there, right? Because no. this is going to be their fourth trip to the Super Bowl in the last five years. Like, wow. insane as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And, hey, Travis Kelsey, he got – as much as his season kind of waned down at the end of the year, he has cranked it up, uh, Belton Johnson, uh, in the playoffs uh, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You got to fight for your right to party! Believe it, baby, we're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go get us another one. Are they going to get another one of a Vince Lombardi trophy for the Kansas City Chiefs? Jamie, I bet it against the Chiefs twice. I bet it against Mahomes twice. I'm not betting against Mahomes in the in the Super Bowl. Not at all. Not this one. Now, when you give him two weeks, it's almost Brady like, right? Like, I mean, you give Andy Reid those guys time, two weeks to prep and everything. Man, and the way the Chiefs defense has played, that defense, the Chiefs defense. Shut Lamar Jackson down yesterday, pretty much, Jamie. Shut him down. So I can't see it being no different. Right Remember, now. Steve Spagnola is the same defensive coordinator that took the New York Giants to the Super Bowl against the greatest offensive season Tom Brady ever had with the, like Randy Moss. And what did he hold him to? Like 14 points or whatever well, that was in that Super Bowl? Exactly, Jamie. And now he's going up against Brock Purdy? Like, come on. Yeah. I hate to say it. I'm with you. I'm I, I'm all Chiefs all the way. And it's just as much as their defense as it is Andy Reid in that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, re- real quick, a uh, little nugget of C- CFL rider news today. Uh, it's the report from Dan Ralph of the Canadian Press. Anthony Lanier II uh, returning to the Rough Riders is the report. Uh, what do you think of uh, locking down the versatile defensive lineman? Man, that that is a leader on that team, the defense, the whole nine, Jamie. That is a big sign for the Riders. And I'm going to tell you, I'm starting to get excited for the season. Just, you know, hearing, you know, like even Philip Blake last week, I believe, and everything. So they think very highly of him. So and he is a piece of the puzzle. He is one of those what I call core guys, right? You got to keep that core intact, and they're doing the riders. I think they're doing their best to keep the core intact. Well, Belton, uh, enjoy the uh, 
What are you going to do? Are you actually going to watch the Pro Bowl this coming weekend? What is, feels weird not having a big football game to watch. I might get a few flag football plays here and there, Jamie, to throw in for the upcoming season. Flag football. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> what do you? What do you? What is? Uh, is your youngest uh, moving up a level in flag football this year or not? Yeah. Yes, she is. Yes. So that she has a, a new wrinkle to the twist. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Because I. I I'm lining it up, Belton. You know why I ask? Because I, I think that means if you could pick a team, my son, you could pick my son to coach. By the way, I would uh, love love for you to have him, depending on the age category. Absolutely, Jamie. I, hey, I, you know I love speed. Speed wins in flag football, man. <laughs> I showed you that video of his cut in his rookie season in flag football. I don't know where he got that from. It definitely was not me. Uh, Belton, have a good week. Hey, have a good one, Jamie. That is Belton Johnson, our go-to football analyst here on the Green Zone. Uh, more coming up, a little look-see at the National Hockey League heading into the All-Star break. Uh, plus, a local hockey team uh, could use your help. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. This is uh, the Green Zone on a Monday afternoon. Well, you never want to hear the news, especially... Well, any time of a local hockey team on hard times. But that was the case over the weekend. The Yorkton Terriers of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League uh, say they have fallen on some hard times financially. Uh, But today they have announced a Save the Terriers season ticket blitz with out-of-here travel uh, for the 24-25 season. So... What they're asking to help save the Terriers, if they're in the Yorkton uh, region area or not, want to travel to some games, uh, season tickets, single tickets, uh, $200, but they do have a great family pack, $400 for a family pack of season tickets, which is two adults, two kids, um, between the age of uh, 6 and 17. Also, every season ticket purchased in February gets your uh, chance uh, to win a $4,000 travel voucher. That draw will be made March the 1st. Uh, so a Save the Terriers season ticket blitz has uh, started in Yorkton. And, yeah, if you can, please help save the Yorkton Terriers. Later this week, on the Thursday, I'll be at the uh, Saskatchewan Tankard uh, with uh, Curl Sask. On the Thursday, then Friday, it is the uh, Kinsman Sports Dinner in Saskatoon. Uh, speaking of uh, the Briar, of course, with the Tankard qualifying for the Briar, uh, we do know there'll be a local skip in the Briar already. Catlin Schneider out of Regina is going to be skipping his team in the Briar in Regina. Of course, he took over the skipping duties uh, for a team out of British Columbia as their import player. And they won the Provincials again. They actually defended their title last year. Uh, Jacques Gauthier out of Manitoba was skipping the team this year, Catlin Schneider. So congratulations to Catlin. Uh, he'll be representing British Columbia in his home province of Saskatchewan. As for the Scotties going on in Calgary, of course, we have Skylar Ackerman representing Saskatchewan there. Now we now know the groups. Uh, she will be in the same group as 
defending champ Carrie Anderson, uh, Caitlin Laws, uh, Selena Sturme out of Alberta, and Corin Brown out of BC, uh, along with Krista McCarville, Lori St. George, who's done well. That's going to be a tough group in Pool A for Skylar Ackerman at the Scotties. But she beat a lot of great curlers in Saskatchewan to get herself there. little curling update as it tis the season. I can't wait to be in Saskatoon uh, for the Tankard later this week. But right now, we're going to talk some more NFL playoffs. Miles Simmons out of NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk has the NFL covered. And, Miles, I've been asking everybody today, what did you think of Dan Campbell's decisions in the third and fourth quarter to go for it on fourth down rather than take the points? Yeah, you know, I I thought that the first one was fine. You know, you're up 14. You're trying to get a kill shot in that game. And if you don't get it and then San Francisco goes down the field and scores, then you still have um, a, a really good opportunity to make sure you're still in control of the game. The second one is where you probably err because you have a chance to tie the game there, and it's a 48-yard field goal, and it's not necessarily – I don't know, a, a gimme field goal with 48. But if you don't trust your kicker from 48 yards out, then that I think is a real problem. The, the thing that people aren't talking enough about, I, I feel like, is the fumble that Jameer Gibbs had right after San Francisco gets that first touchdown, right? I mean, that's a place where if Detroit goes down the field and they score, then you're going to be fine. You're still going to be back up 14. And to that point, San Francisco really had not done a very good job of stopping Detroit's offense. So I understand the discourse on Dan Campbell. Like, obviously, those are things where you need to be better in those situations if you're Detroit for execution and also um, just for you know, making sure that you need uh, you score points. But I, I really think that that fumble is where things absolutely turned on Detroit because it gave San Francisco the opportunity to score on a short field, and at that point, you, you almost you tie the game, and that's really where things got out of hand. Miles Simmons with us of NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk, uh, covering off the AFC and NFC Championship games. Uh, Miles, you probably just answered the, the next question I'm going to ask you. So did Dan Campbell um, disappoint his players, or did the players disappoint Dan Campbell more? Uh, it's a little of column A, a little of column B. I mean, I, I think that you have to have better execution. Jared Goff's ball placement was not good enough throughout the course of the second half. So I, I think Jared Goff is a very good quarterback, but he's another one of those guys where if you start getting him off schedule, you're just going to be able to stop him that much easier. And Josh Reynolds had a couple of big drops. You know, that first fourth down, that's not the easiest pass to catch, but – you look at the other game in the AFC, and Travis Kelsey was making those catches all over the place, right? So if your quarterback is going to give you an opportunity to make a play, you got to make the play. And I think Josh Reynolds would say he's got to make that play. Um, and he's got all kinds of opportunities to, to have better plays um, in the second half, too. So I think, yeah, the, the players did not execute. But also, you know, when Dan Campbell is saying, let's not have an opportunity to tie the game here with a 48-yard field goal, that's also something that he should have done. And that doesn't mean that the, the Lions would have won that game. You know, they certainly would have needed to score more points in order to actually effectively take the lead and win. But I think when you have a chance to tie the game in the fourth quarter with a 48-yard field goal, you really should do it. I don't know if I was more surprised at the gambles in the second half where he didn't gamble at the end of the first half. 
I was sitting there watching going, go for it, Dan. I know you want to instead of kick the field goal at the end of the half, but he kicked the field goal, which was a rare yeah. case of being conservative by from Dan Campbell. I, I think that's a good point, and that's something that you know a lot of folks aren't, aren't talking about either, where they did take the points at that point in the game. Um, and it's just one of those things that I think has gotten lost over the course of you know the last 24 hours or so, whatever it's been. Um, so that's a funny part of it, you know, where they did take the points at that point. But once they were still up by 14, it was like, no, we want to keep going and we want to keep our foot to the gas, and it just didn't work out. On the flip side of the field, um, what did we learn again from Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant to the San Francisco 49ers? I think we learned that he is a good player. You know, I don't know that I would call him great, but I do think that he is very good. Um, and I think that he understands how to make plays when things break down. And that's something that you can contrast him with with Jared Goff, right? I mean, Goff is not mobile. You know, he cannot make those plays with his legs. But Purdy had really long runs where things were covered down the field. And he was able to break out of the pocket and get down the field and run, get first down, and make those critical plays. And when you're talking about a guy who is still young, only playing in the second year, you know, that's something that really matters. You know, It's really one of the big reasons why San Francisco was able to win that game because at the biggest moment, Brock Purdy was able to get things done um, and especially get them done with his legs. So yeah, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's got some stuff to him. I think he is capable – of taking this 49ers team to a Super Bowl victory, but that doesn't really mean it's going to be easy because that Chiefs defense is really excellent. Yes, uh, as we move over to the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs beat the Ravens 17-10. to uh, Ravens defense made the adjustment, shut out Kansas City in the second half. But when I, going into the game, I was worried about the Ravens on this stage. Would they be able to play to the level of the team that's been here, done that? They didn't. What more now do we need to see from Lamar Jackson, even though he's going to be the MVP of the NFL this year? Uh, I think he's got to be able to make the biggest plays in the biggest situations, right? I mean, the throw he was trying to make to Isaiah Likely where there are three guys around him for the Chiefs, I mean, I, it was just an inexplicably bad decision. I, I don't know why he did that. And also, I mean, some of the throws that he was making throughout the course of the game were just inaccurate. So I don't think Lamar Jackson is a bad player by any means. I think that the Ravens' game plan also did not necessarily do them any favors, right? I mean, I, I don't know why there weren't more designed runs for Lamar Jackson, especially after we saw that they converted a fourth down in Ravens' territory, and he ran it for 20-plus yards. Like, that's something where you sit down and you say, all right, he is going to be able to be dominant if we just let him cook like that. And he didn't do it. So... Yeah, he was let down a little bit, but he also let the, the, the team down where he just was not accurate enough with his throws. So, yeah, they, they have work to do, but it's going to be tough for them um, to get back to that spot because there are so many talented teams in the AFC. And from what we know, Patrick Mahomes can take down all of them, right? It's going to be a matter of who else can get through that kind of Thunderdome of teams where you've got quarterbacks like Josh Allen, like Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud's going to come up and he's not going to go anywhere. The Dolphins, I don't think they're going anywhere either. So, man, it's, it's going to be tough for, for the Ravens to get back. As we end off with the Chiefs, 
they there they are again, and Patrick Mahomes and company make their way to another Super Bowl. But as you mentioned, it's this has been more of a defensive story, hasn't it, for the Kansas City Chiefs than an offensive one uh, since apparently, as Andy Reid pointed out, uh, their game on uh, Christmas against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, he did talk about that today. Called it a wake-up call, that game that they lost on Christmas Day against the Raiders. And, you know, I I think it's interesting that that defense has been as good as it's been throughout the course of the year. It's the, it's obviously not the best team that Kansas City has had in the Patrick Mahomes era, but it's certainly the best defense. And so they've only needed to get, like, a little bit better on offense, right? Eliminate some of the turnovers, eliminate the big mistakes, and then you can kind of ride the wave of that defense throughout the postseason, and that's exactly what they've done. So the job that defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo has done for Kansas City this year cannot be overstated. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is like my generation's Michael Jordan, where it's just like you can come at him with anybody you want, but he is still going to give his team the best chance to win. And when he's out there and he's playing at a high level, they just are so, so, so tough to stop. So it's, I think it's going to be really tough for San Francisco to beat that team in Las Vegas a week from Sunday. I, I really do. I, but we'll see. It's certainly possible. But, man, I, it's hard for me to bet against any team with Patrick Mahomes right now. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you, what's your early lean 13 days away from the 49ers and the Chiefs? Yeah, it just... It feels to me like if the 49ers play like they did yesterday, right, where you let a team go up on you, and especially because that run defense for the 49ers was abysmal in the first half. The, the uh, Detroit Lions nearly had 150 yards on the ground. That's as bad as it's ever been in the first half for a Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers team. If that's the case, then the Chiefs are going to win because the Chiefs know how to run the football now. They have done something where they have established Isaiah Pacheco as a great running back, right? He is dominant when he needs to be. Clyde Edwards-Alary comes in, he's kind of the change-up, but he also can really run the ball very well. And what the Chiefs have done is they said, we know how we can control games through our running game and with some good critical passes from Patrick Mahomes to our reliable guys like Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, you know, they used Isaiah Pacheco on the outside a little bit um, during Sunday's game as well. So I, I think that this is the Chiefs game to lose. Now, I understand that uh, the 49ers are favored. Last I saw, the 49ers are favored by one. But, again, with the way that the Chiefs defense has played and the way that Brock Purdy has shown, if you pressure him in certain situations, take away the first read, whatever, he will throw some balls up there that can be intercepted. The Chiefs are going to make those plays where the Lions did not. So that, to me, is where I, I lean Chiefs, at least this early in the, in the process. That is Miles Simmons from NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk. Yeah, my, my early lean is also going to the Kansas City Chiefs on this one. Defense wins championships. Been there, done that. Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. I know I Brock Purdy earned a lot of my respect in that second half. But come on. If Lamar Jackson can't beat Patrick Mahomes, if Josh Allen can't beat Patrick Mahomes, I don't see it being Brock Purdy that ends this. Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best. And you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, 
you're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump. I am going to champ and chump Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions today. Chump, I you got to kick the field goal to tie. At least. I thought you should have kicked the field goal to go up by 17. I hate the analytics side of that. I'm like, it's possessions, man. Possession. You could go up by three possessions in that game in late in the third quarter. That's huge. Even if you score a touchdown, it's still three possessions. Kick the field goal. Don't give it up. Anyways, why am I champing Dan Campbell? I have always loved his honesty. I have always loved that he has owned it. Every step of the way, decision good, decision bad. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. we didn't come through. We wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. I hated the decision. I'll jump, but I love his honesty. Then after the game, this might be our only chance. It's going to be harder next year. They all know who we are now. I really like that coach. I think Rick Tockett does a lot of it. So, champ and chump Dan Campbell.